0: you know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 myself mo mootsy alongside me is always the one the only mr bj armstrong real name no gimmick Bulls in the building. Bulls
1: in the building. (laughs) There's
0: BD, I'm happy today. I I had a little rant yesterday about the the play-in games, the quality of the games, but tonight's games were fantastic. Your former team, the Chicago Bulls, with a beautiful comeback win. Zach Levine dropping 39 points. Finally healthy. He got cooking. Demar DeRozan's daughter providing memes to last NBA Twitter the next week and a half. And... Then we had the OKC and New Orleans Pelicans uh, battling out in a close one. Um, Where do you want to start, BJ? Where do you want to start? Hey, wherever you want to go, my friend. You, I, you, I you actually need your help. help. You take I, I actually need your help. I actually need your help. Okay. I've lost that something is missing today, and I'm wondering if you could help me find it. Okay. I'm wondering if you've seen CJ McCollum anywhere. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's pretty funny.
0: The Pelicans needed him <laughs> to show up. I mean, I I do this for Paul George. I do this for Chris Paul. So CJ's not escaping. CJ,
1: <laughs>
0: where were you? What happened? So someone I, I don't even have the words. You know, I was going to do a whole rant and all this and I hold that. What the hell is going on? Brandon Ingram making superstar plays. He just needs a little bit of help. Zion's out injured. Come on, bro. CJ McCollum, 9 of 25 and 5 of 15 in his final two games of the season. His brick throwing ended the Pelicans' season. Against an OKC team who everyone expected to be tanking. Honestly, I don't don't know. I don't know. It was like, have you ever seen the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? hmm Have you seen the episode where they play basketball? Will and Carlton play basketball. hmm In this game, Brandon Ingram was like Will Smith. CJ McCollum was like <laughs> Carlton Banks. Ah, say something, BJ. I don't want to go off. Say something.
1: Well, I I you know, I'm just gonna let you, I'm just gonna let you go. I mean, you know, I want to talk about the games. You know, that's what I do. I I stay in between the lines. I'm you know, talking I, about the I games
0: in between the well, lines. Where was uh, C.J. McCollum? Tell me. Yeah,
1: well, here, here's the thing. When I when I see guards, I I always say this. And you learn this as you you get more and more experience in the NBA. You never allow your shooting percentage to dictate whether or not you play well. And if there's one thing that I can say about C.J. McCullough, which is different watching him in New Orleans as compared to Portland, is when you move over to that lead guard position, because Mm -hmm. this team desperately needs a lead guard, talking about the New Orleans Pelicans, okay? They have Alvarado. I hope I'm pronouncing his name. Jose Alvarado. Alvarado is out. And that leaves C.J. McCullough as the only lead guard available, right? They kind of do it by committee. Yeah. C.J. is a, you know, the, you know, you can tell combo guards. You know, you have some guys who are 1-2. You have some guys who are 2-1. You have some guys who are, you know, facilitators. And they could, you know, like you, you, you'll look at Shea Alexander, for instance. He can play the one, but he's like a scoring slasher, whatever. C.J. McCullough... Is a scoring guard now. He's he's he score. Well, that, but because when you're playing the position and you have an, another responsibility, it makes the game very, very complicated for you because his true contributions to the game, unlike some guards, like a Chris Paul. That's why I think Chris Paul, this Kevin Durant thing will be good for him because he doesn't have to score at all now. Mm. and still contribute to the game just Mm. using him as an example i'm not saying there won't be a game or two where he has to score but for the most part he's gonna just need to facilitate cj mccullough right now if there's anything that you could say that you can clearly see with this new orleans pelicans team is they missed alvarado because that would allow CJ to do what he naturally, he he's a natural scorer. Okay. He's not a facilitator at all. And when he's not scoring, it gets complicated for him because, you know, he's not, he doesn't have like five or fifteen but 12 assists. You know, he his game, especially in a game like this, because think about the guards he had to defend tonight. He had to defend Shea Alexander and Giddy and the other kid, Jalen Williams. Okay? Two of those players had 30 points. (laughs) Okay? All right? So, Bo, that's what I'm saying. That's a lot of response. So he had to defend at a high level. He had to score at a high level. And he had to facilitate at a high level because both of those guys were fantastic. He didn't do any
0: of those three at a high level. That's
1: what I'm saying. But but, uh, He did nothing at a high level. level. Uh, 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 Bo, when you play in the playoffs and when you play in the play-in, Here's the thing. Here's the thing that we have to say so that we can put this in this proper context. When you're playing during the regular season, half of the teams or more that you play against aren't playoff teams. Meaning, yeah, you know, they're they're you know, they're of a lesser caliber than the teams that are that are in the playoffs. So, Bo, you can go through the season and play every other day and play well, and it'll all balance out. When you play against the best team, and you got to beat that guy across from you four times, or in this case, in a high-level play-in game, one-off game. It's a play atmosphere. it's It's a different game, and now you're seeing, and we'll say this, and then we'll leave it alone. If there's any weakness in your game, individually, or in your team, it will be revealed. It will be revealed. So you can see what the situation is down there in New Orleans. This is no accident that they're going to force this team to play one-on-one basketball, which Brandon Ingram. Wow. I mean, this guy
0: is a cold uh, killer.
1: Okay. But you can see the other things with this team. You could see they're missing a player like Zion, for instance. You could see all of the gaps. Larry Nance they Jr. Alvarado. He was in Larry Nance. You could Lawrence, Lawrence see. I mean, look, Alvarado. no excuses. Alvarado changes the game, right? He 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 puts people. He tempo. He does. He could maybe harass. I'm not saying he stops Giddy. He stops Shea Alexander, but he could harass those guys and maybe extend the game a little bit. Mm. So it is what it is. I was so, just really happy to see Oklahoma play at the level. That they played because you know what this is important, and I want to say this: they're a big man away, Mo, from really doing
0: something now. Well, they got a seven foot waiting on the wings who's been injured all it. season called Chet But uh, your dream of a seven foot lineup may not come in terms of height. Your seven foot lineup could come in terms of wingspan because Shea Gurd Alexander has a seven foot wingspan. Jalen Williams has a seven foot two wingspan. Josh Giddey's almost there; he's got a six foot eight wingspan. But these guys, twenty-four years old, twenty-one years old, twenty years old. Well, hey, they hey. cook in. Lou Dort went off for twenty-seven points. Now your strategy is okay. We're gonna not guard Lou Dort. Let him shoot. Once he hits three or four of them, maybe change your game plan. He had twenty-seven. Tonight. Well, you got
1: you. You have to give up something. I'm gonna tell you something. Let me tell you something, Mo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something when you when you start looking at the game. You start game planning. Normally, Mo, you have one, maybe two guys who can initiate the ball versus pressure they have three terrific ball handlers Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay not one not two they have three guys who can initiate and they're all the same size this giddy this jalen williams kid hey that kid there is without question he's a star that kid williams he's Mm -hmm. he's he's the real deal Mm -hmm. okay he's just going to get better and he's got that thing on the screen. Giddy, wow. Shea Alexander. Wow. I mean, his second and, half. And, and was we like, gotta
0: shout, we gotta shout Lou Dork for the defensive, not only the twenty-seven and, and, points, but on defense. Lou
1: Dork didn't found his, found his role. He's found his role. He's found his role. He accepts his role. And you know what I love about him? Is mm-hmm. he plays the game with the flow. He never keeps the ball for more than two seconds as a role player, which is critical to being a role player. And he's very decisive with what he does on the offensive end. He does one of three things. He either shoots it off the, he shoots it right off the catch within two seconds. He drives it within two seconds or he passes it in two seconds. He doesn't mess around. Mm -hmm. I like this guy. He's very decisive, very strong, gives you three or four efforts on every defensive play. Terrific pickup. I got to give Oklahoma credit, man. That's a, that's, that's just that's great scouting that's what makes you excited you go you know you look at a guy like Dorton you go now this guy here can defend multiple positions he's strong and plays his role and the other guys clearly enjoy playing with him so they look like a team now Mo they get a big guy I mean they're doing this now with like same size guys Dario Saric played about 10 minutes but they look
0: really good do you think that they're going to beat the Timberwolves in the playing game for the eighth seed on Friday night, I, I, they have a chance. I, I think they can.
1: Well, they have a chance. Like, I well, think they they, will. I mean, listen, I think they should. Listen, listen. They match up with them. They, they, on the perimeter, they, they match up with every team in the league. Okay, mm-hmm. those three guys. Okay, just Williams, Giddy, and Alexander. One of them we're going to have an advantage versus Conley. Okay, and Conley is a darn good player. However, those guys are all six, five, six, 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 seven, six, eight. Okay, so they're going to have an advantage. Shea Alexander, he's a little – he punishes little guards. <laughs> okay, so and I don't care who they put on him. He's going to find a way to get his 20-25. This guy, Giddy, is just getting, okay, a casual triple-double mm-hmm. in the same game that another guy gets 30. And then your other guy, Lou Dork, has 27, and then the other kid – makes big plays and he doesn't even really play exceptionally well other than he can clearly handle the pressure in the fourth quarter on the road i might add as a rookie so wow okay now they're they're gonna they're gonna pose some problems now the other problem is you would say well cat should probably have a big night but he doesn't really go to the post
0: no and, and if, if, if he couldn't if he couldn't ball, get a bucket on Austin Reeves how the hell is he gonna do on these guys?
1: That's what I'm saying if so you he start do, playing bro.
0: Don't remind yeah, me.
1: if you far, if you start playing perimeter basketball, pace pace and reason, the reason the reason space and
0: all that. And then they're the they an going was so hesitant yesterday down the stretch is he was in foul trouble. He was on fifth foul, so he didn't want to get an offensive foul. But the amount of rim pressure that Shea Gurdis Alexander in particular puts on the rim in terms of attacking downhill it's inevitable that Kat's going to be in foul trouble because they've not got Rudy there to protect the paint. Well, Rudy's
1: Rudy's coming back.
0: Oh, he's going to be back. back.
1: They've they've taken him
0: out of the naughty corner. His punishment is over. He said sorry to his friends, and and now he's back. Okay, cool. Okay, good. Let's go over to the East. Let's go over to the East. Uh, By the way, Rudy Gobert has had a massive impact on the world of sports uh, because just today, BJ, uh, two Bayern Munich football players, soccer players, uh, punched each other in the locker room as well. Uh, so clearly, they've been paying attention to the Timberwolves. But over in the Eastern Conference, the Toronto Raptors, after trading a first-round pick for Jakob Pertl, ended up not even making the playoffs and losing in the play-in to the Chicago Bulls, who had a fantastic comeback win on the road. What did you think of that game?
1: Well, first of all, I I want to say this. Very rarely, very rarely, Mo, and and, and, and this is for you. I want you to put this away in your, in your GM hat. Okay. Very rarely, Mo, do you make a mid-season move and it's impactful to a team either getting in the playoffs or trying to get into the playoffs that suddenly becomes in your core group, okay? This kid, Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. single-handedly, has turned the mentality around for the Chicago Bulls. Now, it's a bit amazing to watch because he's not a scorer. He's not really a facilitator, but he's made an impact on his group that suddenly they're playing a brand of basketball that they didn't play prior to him getting there. So he's been very impactful and I want to give him a shout out because you know I, what? I,
0: I'm going to say this. Play in Pat Bev, playing P is better than playoff P. How about that? Patrick Beverly last year in the playing games, phenomenal for Minnesota. Patrick Beverly this year in a playing game for the Chicago Bulls, absolutely phenomenal. Why? He just tries hard. It's a very simple recipe. But I also have to give a shout out to Alex Caruso because him getting back and him getting healthy now, you know, we talked about how much they miss Lonzo in terms of the perimeter defense. Now they've got two guys who can guard on the perimeter in in terms of Caruso and Pat Bev. So the combination of them both three can have it on the perimeter helps players like Vucevic and helps players like Levine and DeRozan who aren't as proficient defensively because of the impact that they're making.
1: Well, I'm going to give Pat Bev credit because Pat Bev has made, he's brought them toughness. And what he looks like he's done more than anything is he organizes this group right? He's not fighting for shots. He's not fighting for stats. He just shows up and helps wherever help is needed. He
0: Mm -hmm. helps
1: Vucevic. He helps Demar. He helps Zach Caruso does the same Caruso. You know what? I was looking at him tonight and you know, I, you know, I go, let me, I'm just going to watch him. He is an excellent teammate. Like he's one of those guys you go, you know what? I want to go to battle with this guy. He's an excellent teammate. Yep. You know what I mean? He doesn't do any he doesn't like you know like when you look at his game you go okay, you know he, he's respectable for shooting, he's respectable. He plays as an undersized player for the most part. He's guarding bigger guys. Like he was guarding, you know, um you know Spicy P tonight, you know what I mean? He should be
0: yeah, they started off it? the game first possession he's guarding
1: Spicy P from
0: the get go. Yeah, so saying, he, you know, he, Yeah, so he, he 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 he's
1: just a good teammate. I mean, he just Gives you maximum effort, plays hard, he, he, and he's a really, like, you know, he just does all of the right things. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he – and I like him. So, you know, between Pat Bev and Caruso, now all of a sudden the things that the other players may not do on the defensive end, those guys can fill in. You know, they they they, they fill in the gap. So, a uh, great win for them. Terrible loss for the Toronto Raptors. I think you know there's some decisions that need to be made up there. I'm interested to see what Masai and company are going to do now. And um, you know, they can't be happy about this loss. I think this was a this no. was this was not a good loss
0: for the Toronto Raptors. They have to start from scratch or they're going to be once again trapped in NBA purgatory. Um looking at the Eastern Conference play in, the Miami Heat will now face the Chicago Bulls for the eighth seed. Who do you have winning that one? Um,
1: you know, look, the Atlanta thing kind of, it kind of, I, 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 all right, I'll say it. It kind of shocked me a little bit. I didn't, I didn't think Atlanta, I didn't think
0: Atlanta was going to do that. Cause when Atlanta, I see the Bulls, when, when Atlanta did that, just, just before you continue, when Atlanta did that, I thought before tonight's game, you know, if Toronto win this, I think Toronto have the physicality and the rebounding presence to beat the Miami Heat. But the Bulls don't have that necessarily. They have Vucevic, but Vucevic isn't physical in the same way that Clint Capella was physical, unless he gets mad, turns into Vucci Main. But you think the Bulls are going to win it? I think the Bulls can beat them.
1: Something is going on with the Miami Heat. Okay? Something is going on with them. Now, I don't know what's going on with them. You know, because you never are concerned with the Miami heat with their culture and their team and their, you know, they're, they're going to give you a maximum effort. You, you know, their, their intentions are good, but when you look at their team, something is going on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, something is going on. Like when you look at the team, you go, Atlanta has been struggling. They got a new coach. They fired their coach last year, just a year or two there in the conference finals. You know you're like ah, this team is ready to you know rumors are out there that you know that Mo, will, Mo, Mo will talk to you about the rumor mill later about Trey Young and they go down there and they just get 22 rebounds casually or so something versus yeah, couldn't, the Miami. 21, so. yeah that's what I'm saying they get like tw- they get like 20 offensive, 20 something offensive rebounds in a play-in game so you're saying wait a minute Okay, very rarely do you see a team out-hustle the Miami Heat. All right, if it's one thing they're going to do is they're going to give you effort and energy. Something is going on. I could clearly see the Bulls going down there and winning this game. But again, this is the NBA.
0: I need the Bulls. I need Pat Bev to jump on the table after the game and celebrate again. Um, we, we have one more order of business to discuss before the uh, – Before the episode is up And you're going to hate this Because it's uh, again off the court Uh, There's a new beef There's a new beef in the NBA Uh, And and the listeners want us to discuss this We had a special tweet come in Asking us to discuss this Have you seen what's happened today Between Spencer Dinwiddie and Kyle Kuzma You know I I haven't
1: But I'll give you you the context You'd love to tell me Yes, give it me. Give me the Okay.
0: Now we know that Dinwiddie and Kuzma used to be teammates on the Washington Wizards. Um Dinwiddie obviously okay. wasn't very happy there and he left to uh, join the Dallas Mavericks in a trade. And um was it in a trade or was it free agent? Uh, anyway, he, he went over to Dallas. Kuzma stayed in Washington. Uh, fast forward to January, the Wizards defeated the Mavericks. Um Dinwiddie had 20 points and eight assists, uh, but Kuzma had 30 as the Wizards won after the game. Dinwiddie said for them it's a showcase, they're over there trying to get paid not trying to play winning basketball for a team that has real aspirations and has an MVP. That was referring to Luka Doncic. Went to the conference finals last year. We have to be better. Now, I thought, you know, Spencer Stinwood is saying that just to motivate his team, saying, you know, come on, the Wizards aren't even a playoff squad. We've got to be better. We can't be losing to teams like that. Uh, the next day, Kuzma hopped on Twitter, as he does, and fired back, saying the funny thing is they don't play winning basketball with just some laughing emojis and some clown emojis. Um, And then today... Spencer Dinwiddie went on some sort of TV show and he said, uh, he addressed uh, Carl Kuzma and he said, um, you are not even a third star on a good team because if you were, the Lakers would have kept you. He said a bunch of other things. Um, he quoted Draymond Green and, you know, what he said about Rudy Gobert in terms of insecurity is loud. And then Kuzma fired back with a seven-tweet thread. Because he goes, since I'm so famous, quote unquote famous, let me give you some clout. I'm usually unbothered, but I will not allow this delusional guy to continue to talk about my teammates and I. And this is where it gets real funny for me, right? Because he says, point number one, insecurity is loud question mark. So he's saying, he's trying to say that he's not insecure. But then this grown man comes on the internet to make a thread. And let me quote you what he said. The Wizards and I have so who's much. Who's talking now? Who's talking now? Uh, Carl, from- Carl Kuzma. Carl okay. Kuzma. He said, The Wizards and I have so much real estate on Din Shitty Island. This guy got signed by a team 60 million so it was traded before the following season was over. First of all, he's disrespected Spencer Dinwiddie's name, calling him Din Shitty, which I, I don't know. I think it's quite childish. You're a grown ass man. Um, and secondly, if, if, you're not insecure, then why are you doing a whole thread of tweets? Um, And then he had a whole bunch of other tweets, and he followed it up with, the only way you'll ever get your contract is if the NBA finally gives you your wish of getting paid in crypto, check the crypto markets and then a trending downwards emojis, and then he says, go Sixers, who are obviously playing with his new team, the Brooklyn Nets. BJ, I know that you don't care about any of this. I think It's pretty embarrassing that you're just a grown man on the internet writing threads about other grown men and arguing. I messaged Spencer after this has all unfolded. And do you know what I said to him? I said, I said, man, forget this Twitter stuff. Play Carl Kuzma one-on-one pay-per-view in the summer and sell it on the court once and for all. Donate all the money to charity and then we can see. Forget the Twitter typing back and forth. Go out there and play. That's the best way. Give the fans what they want to see. I'm not trying to see two grown men argue on Twitter and call each other names. Go out there and hoop. That's what I'm trying to see. Now, Spencer ignored my message. I'm going to keep it real. So I need you guys, everyone listening, tweet Spencer Dinwiddie and tell him to play Kyle Kuzma one-on-one. Let me be the host of the show. And we'll get it cooking this summer. That's the best way to do this. I don't want to see no more NBA players arguing on the internet. If you guys have an argument on the internet, we're gonna run ones first place twenty-one wins. The loser goes home and beats. Uh, oh, I,
1: I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say this. Yeah, you know, you know, Because I I don't follow stuff on social media as you know, Mo. and yes, most of our listeners know. But that's where all of the action happens. Okay, the fact that we just went, you well, we I'll say you because I was here. (laughs) You know, I'm guilty by association here. Um, we just went on a five minute explaining what happened,
0: and it made no sense. It made no sense.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you know, like it made no sense, and. The fact that people are talking about this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, the best way I can say it is this. You know, and, and and maybe because I don't take myself serious enough in the fact that I I played professional basketball, that but that wasn't who I was. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like like okay, I played. It's a business, and you move on. And it's just, it's just like that's what I did. It's not who I am. It's just what I did. I I, I mean, I, I I my favorite word mo is whatever. <laughs> I just don't care enough. I just don't care enough. I don't like, just play, do your thing. It's it's kind of like you ever watch a boxing match. And the yep. bell rings and then they all start start trying to really fight once the, the bell Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and then, yeah Like, wait a minute, <laughs> you just had like three minutes to go after <laughs> you, you can do you in three minutes of this, <laughs> like <laughs> Like, like, you know it's kind of like everyone gets really tough when everyone starts holding everybody back Oh, no, yep. like, yep. if you wanted to really fight you could fight, but no one really wants to fight mm-hmm. So, listen let those guys, whatever. I just told you about Caruso being a good teammate. And you know what, Mo? I always tried to be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. I always, you know, I didn't go on a team and try to say, well, you know, let me, let me, let me, let me, fight, let me try to get Well, this is this is guy. This is you
0: what Spencer what I mean? was saying in his TV segment. Who's he was like, I was teammates with Kuzma. I know his priority is not basketball. He cares more about the yeah, pressure than yeah. X, Y, Z.
1: And, 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 and that's fine. You know what I mean? So my thing is, listen, if you guys got something really going on, settle it. Like, we always talking about the OGs trying to be an example. Well, okay, both of you guys have been around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, set the example for the other guys because the last thing you want, are the new guys coming in going, oh, this is how they do it? Oh, yep. this is what you do? Yeah. Because, bro, like these guys are professionals and come on let's face it like there are millions of people who are basketball fans and these both of these guys are getting you know I know you know listen we understand the marketing aspect of all of this you know I'm not saying all news is good news but they're in the news now they're in the Mm -hmm. news cycle they're Mm -hmm. in the news cycle because of something that has nothing to do with basketball Mm -hmm. so just keep it moving but if you're asking me, I'm like well, whatever. Let's get back to the games. Let's see what's happening tomorrow, and you know, get back to doing what we do.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. There's no games on tonight, uh, Friday night. But I know you June. love it secretly, Mo. You love that. You you love that, Mo. Come on, you love it. You love I. Yeah, it's okay. I love would it. love it more. If they took my advice and went and played one-on-one instead of tweeting about each other. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. I would love on, that. Mo, Mo. They're going to play another game. These guys are load managing and you're asking them to play another game. Come on,
0: Mo. <laughs> Come on. Mo. Uh, well, Did I'm saying put it, your it, money it. where your mouth is. You, you think you're better than him? You think he's better than you? All right, let's play. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, so so what I'm saying. Maybe I'm different, but uh, that's been another episode of Group Genius Podcast. Make sure you guys uh, subscribe and all that good stuff, as I always say. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Most importantly, get buckets.